Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inflation, George Soros, COVID communism, the emergency's finally over. We have a whole lot to wrap up tonight on I'm Right. Oh, goody, more inflation. Uh, before we get to Carol, just keep in mind, their goal is always 2% inflation. That's the goal they're going to. So today we have inflation numbers 5% year over year. Remember, that's not, that's not just 5%. That's on top of all the previous inflation. That makes it a 16%. And remember, that's the fudged numbers so you feel better about things. Why do they want you to feel better about things? Because they know you're well aware of the fact that eggs are up 36, airfare 17, bread 15, electric. You know what? You know. You know it all. It's it's really really bad. It's really bad. Everything in your life is more expensive. The value of your dollar is going down. Well, don't worry. Janet Yellen says we're just churning and burning, though. The United States is doing extremely well economically with inflation coming down in a strong labor market. Hmm, that's weird. I didn't notice that. Joining me now, the great Carol Roth, who has a new book coming out called You Will Own 
nothing. Remember, that is the plan of the elites who run this planet. Carol, latest inflation report is, I mean, I guess it's not 8%, it's 5 so yippee. Yes, well, they told you that inflation was going to be transitory. The part that they left wow. out that it was going to take multiple years for that transitoriness to kick in. I mean, listen, like we, we have to give, you know, some hat tip, I guess, that's coming down. But as I've said all along, they're going to celebrate this, not realizing it's on top of the you know, nine whatever percent that we had last year and, uh, you know, everything else that we have to deal with. So it's not um, it's not a great number. It's a positive trajectory. I'm glad that we're moving in that direction. The challenge is that it really may not be enough um, for the Fed to stop their interest rates from continuing to push them up. And that takes a while to cycle through the economy, particularly after we've had 15 years of uh, suppressed interest rates, nine plus years of zero interest rate policy. And I think that that is just going to be far too much for the economy to handle. And as I've been saying that the recession, not that it's not going to show up to the party, it's just going to be fashionably late. Oh gosh. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up interest rates. What is the Fed saying? Are, are we looking at another little mini bump? Are they going to look at a number like this and say, well, it's got to be 7.5 the next time? What are we looking at? What do you think? So right now, the market is pricing in a 25 basis point. That's a quarter of a percent hike. And then the bets are that they will probably pause after that, assuming that the data doesn't pick up again. Obviously, we have things to watch. We know that OPEC plus is going to be cutting their oil production. So that's something that could end up pushing up inflation. Unless, of course, recessionary pressures end up bringing that back down and it sort of evens out in the watch. Uh, wash, but I think that that's what they're going to be looking at is is probably doing a little bit more and then pausing and and seeing how that goes. But again, I think that what they're trying to do and the effect of their policy has this lag. You know, normally policy would take six, twelve, maybe eighteen months to cycle through. The fact that we had all of the suppressed interest rates meant that all of the companies and consumers who wanted debt had ample time to lock that down. So it's going to take a little while for that to run out and for them to then need to to double down on that. So eventually, consumers are you know not going to have more debt capacity. Eventually, businesses are going to feel the pressure and not be able to take on more debt or see that increasing cost of capital. We're not getting a huge bump in productivity out of labor. So unfortunately, again, I think that all means that, uh, you know, regardless of what the Fed does, that we're marching in the wrong direction. And speaking of marching in the wrong direction, the government is marching in the wrong direction, opposing everything that the Fed is doing and racking up a deficit of $1.1 trillion for the first half of the 2023 fiscal year, which is 400 some odd billion dollars higher than it was last year at the same time. So they are not giving um, anybody any relief and they are just marching us off of a fiscal cliff. Carol, why do they do this? I, I've, I have people ask me this all the time. They know the inflation numbers. They know the, the interest rate numbers. They can read. They know the dangerous situation we're in. And yet they don't stop. They don't slow down. It's just have another trillion here and another trillion there. Carol, it's almost like they want us to collapse. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think there's two levels of it. There is sort of the the sort of human nature of, you know, let's do what's right in principle, stop this in the long run, but I might have to sacrifice some of my personal gain today for that. And of course, they don't want to sacrifice their personal gain, even if it affects them in the long run, because unfortunately, human beings don't think like that. But the other piece here is that we really are moving towards this new financial world order. And this is not a conspiracy theory. Jesse, you're a, st a student of history. You know that this happens in regular cycles, you know, not just Rome, but in, in very recent times, we had the British uh, uh, imperial century and the, the Dutch was the uh, center of the global financial universe right before them. So this happens on an, an ongoing basis. Joe Biden said this in a, a comment in front of the business roundtable in 2021 that we are, you know, headed towards a new global economy, a new world order. And then, of course, he says, we We've got to lead it, whoever knows what we, we is. But people who are smart and savvy know that the world order is shifting. And so I think they're doing the things to position themselves to be able to control every resource they can and put themselves on top, whether or not it collapses everybody uh, you know, at the same time. So they don't care if you own nothing, they just wanna make sure that they control everything as we have this global changeover. And I think that's just what you're seeing and, and why for many people, it doesn't make sense and it's hard to connect those dots. Carol, the dollar, the, the, I don't think people really fully grasp what a big deal is if the dollar stops being the world's reserve currency. And not that I'm saying that's going to happen tomorrow, although a bunch of people would like it to happen tomorrow. <laughs> we are heading in that direction. What does that mean for us if the dollar stops being the world's reserve currency? So there's always been a, a, a pro and a con to being the world's reserve currency. On the con side is something called the Triffin Dilemma, which means that the Fed and the U.S. government have to manage the stability of the dollar, not just for the domestic economy, but for the stability of the world, which is often at odds. Amazingly, Jesse, they've managed to do neither. So, you know, that's kind of one issue. Huh. And, you know, we typically run trade deficits because we have to supply the world with dollars. But on the pro side, it means Means that we've been able to have very low cost of capital. It has suppressed interest rates. And again, nobody's taken more advantage of this than the U.S. government, who has been able to finance their unwieldy and you know growing spending and government expansion with very low cost of debt. What happens when we don't keep it stable is that it threatens the food and economic security, the, the national security of countries who are buying things in dollars because all of a sudden your food and your oil that's priced in dollars and you've got dollars that don't buy as much, well, now you've got national security and economic crises. What it means for us if this all goes away, and this, this is the backdrop of, of why this is going away, is a completely different standard of living. I think that it's going to threaten our military security. I think it's going to threaten the ability to live the lifestyle that people have and the wealth creation opportunities. And so, you know, that is the privilege and that we've been living through for 80 years now as the center of the, the global financial universe. And people feel like we're invincible because they've never seen anything different. But I would imagine when the British, you know, were at the center of the universe, that their people felt invincible and the same thing with the Dutch. And, you know, this is not a given. This is something that, you know, requires a duty to protect 
this privilege that we've been given is called the exorbitant privilege. And unfortunately, the people who are in charge did not uh, protect that privilege and have done everything they can to decimate it. And uh, once again, who's going to end up paying the ultimate price? It is going to be Americans and the American dream. Carol, thank you for making us smarter. I appreciate you. And making you feel better, right, Jesse? As always. <laughs> Well, all of that may have made you uncomfortable, but she's right, and then I am too. And I'm also right when I tell you to buy hard assets. Carol tells you that all the time too, doesn't she? Hard assets, hard assets, gold, silver, gold, silver. You know that whatever happens to the dollar when you have gold and silver in your IRA and 401k, when you have gold and silver in your physical possession, no matter what happens, world stage, world wars, dollar collapse, you always have value, value that can't be touched by governments. That's power. Oxford Gold can handle all of that for you, from your 401k IRA to making sure you have gold and silver delivered to your front home, and they make it easy, and you really need to make that call before it gets worse, because as she just said, it's going to get worse. Call 833-995-GOLD, all right? 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. I have such exciting news. You're not going to believe this. The COVID emergency is officially over. Now, I'm sure you're like me and didn't realize there was anybody still living in some kind of a state of emergency, but apparently we are here in this clown country of America now. Joining me now, my friend Jeffrey Tucker, president and founder of the Brownstone Institute. Uh, well, we've had some time, you and I have had plenty of COVID talks before. We've had some time to take all the COVID insanity in. Uh, What's your take? What's the final take? Take as much time as you need. I have so much I want to say, but the floor is yours. All right. Well, you know, I guess Biden uh, signed this legislation that was pushed out by the Republicans saying, we've had enough of this emergency. And so it was just a, it was a strange press release coming to the White House. It was just like, Biden signs XYZ and one sentence, and that was it. No real announcement, you know, no fanfare. But uh, importantly, no actual repeal of all the emergency powers. It was just purely a cosmetic, you know, the emergency, uh, the state of emergency is over. But I'm, I'm unable to discover whether and to what extent, you know, any of the powers that, that ruined our lives, shut our churches, you know, close, close the schools, uh, you know, put the full federal government in charge of everything we do, including mask edicts and vaccine edicts and all the rest of it. Uh, are impacted at all by this by this change. In many ways, they still want the emergency to be with us uh, for, forever. And and in fact, it's exact same day that it, that Biden signed this legislation, as if to kind of poke a, a stick in all of our eyes, he uh, he somehow authorized an additional five billion dollars to go to vaccine companies to develop the next generation of vaccines because the last one worked so enormously well mm. so you know that's that was just a symbolic way of saying look if you think anything has changed nothing's changed we did everything right and we're just going to kind of keep doing that and the rest of you trolls out there and, and on, you know on twitter can just go to hell I mean, that that's essentially what it is it's deeply insulting 
and, and, and disgusting. And so we still have to deal with the quarantine powers and the emergency powers of the federal government and will for many years uh, hence until they we can get them somehow to admit that their response was unscientific and egregious and, and really ruined uh, life in America. Well, Jeffrey, I don't understand why you say we need to deal with their quarantine powers and their emergency powers. Surely they're never going to use powers like that again. Yeah, right. They will. Uh, in fact, this is one of the worrying things. I, you know, uh, you'd think that we lived in a, in a time where people, the lessons that people would have learned from the COVID experience is that it was a really a bad idea to shut down society and to, and to give people shots they don't need that are potentially harmful and and otherwise keep masks off people's face but that is not the lesson they're they're learning in fact uh, the Biden administration is still litigating for the right to impose masks on us and the vaccine stuff you know they, that was just a test of their powers uh, as far as they're concerned they passed that test and they have every intention of, of doing more of it I mean look at what the World Health Organization is pushing right now they want to force every country, every signator to the World Health Organization to do exactly the forms of mitigation measures they used this last time. I mean, it's true that you and I and many, many other people are, are in a, a fury about this. And it's also true that there's not a single shred of evidence that anything that they did from the plexiglass to the masks to the closures to the social distancing mandates and all the rest of it did any good to mitigate this virus. Everybody get it anyway. We got over it through natural immunity, not because of the vaccines. Let's be clear about that. And it's really, there's a tremendous lack of evidence about whether and to what extent these vaccines actually saved uh, lives at all, much less millions of lives, as they always say. Uh, but they've learned a different lesson. They've learned the lesson that they can turn on a dime and get rid of the Constitution anytime they want, provided they have the media on board with them and big tech to censor dissonant voices and the means to panic the population enough into compliance. That is the lesson they've taken from COVID. And it's very worrisome. We still have the surveillance. We still have uh, kept media. We still have uh, FBI and CIA embedded in all of our main media outlets and every social media, major social media platform with the exception of Twitter is still censoring our voices on all the topics that they censored throughout 21 and 22. So it's not clear uh, that we're anywhere near uh, out of the woods yet. In fact, I, I would say that, it, that, that the COVID response was a major step towards building a new kind of state, uh, you know, and, and you can call it a digital leviathan, you know, a surveillance hegemon, a biosecurity state. I don't care what you call it, but it's not the constitution and it has nothing to do with uh, the freedom that we believe we have uh, as a natural right. Why do they want to build a new kind of state? To what end? Uh, well, I think that partially it's an ideology they have, which I've called techno-primitivism. They really want mass population deprivation and uh, just po you know, po poverty for everybody. They, they, they can't stand sort of the consumer capitalism that we, we knew uh, well up until two, 2019. And they saw through COVID how they can transfer trillions and trillions of dollars from the working classes and middle classes to the ruling classes and how their lives 
are can be unimpacted by that. So they like that system. I mean, Fauci explained all this in in an August 2020 article that he actually wrote in a journal called Cell, in which he said, look, we need to get rid of these cities. We need to get rid of uh, mass uh, stadiums and mass ev events. We need to get rid of uh, people's pet ownership. And we need to dramatically reduce consumption, disperse the population, reduce the population. And that's the only way we can really stay away from infectious disease. He, and his quote was, we need a new, uh, a radical new infrastructure of social existence. Uh, uh, one that is going to be born of, of him and his ideological colleagues and really ruling techno technocratic classes. So, uh, Jesse, this is very serious. They actually believe this, and it merges very well with, like, you know, an AI-run world with transhumanism and uh, platform-based technology for their shots, and it's, and, you know, constant digital surveillance through a central bank digital currency. I mean, sometimes when I talk, I, f I feel like I'm sounding like a crazy man, but... You know, like forecasting a terrible world, you know, that only somebody like Orwell, a far worse than Orwell, could have imagined. Uh, but that's what they've written. That's what they say. Uh, this is what they talk about in their conferences and what they put in their books and what they write in their journal articles. And that's what they tried to get us to live over the last three years. So I think it's extremely crucial that Americans realize that what happened over the last three years and the way you lived in the darkest times was a template for how they want to restructure the world. Uh, the last three years were an experiment in social, political, and economic control that they have every intention of repeating again and again for any kind of emergency. It just so happened that the fear of infectious disease was the thing that uh, prompted and caused uh, mass population compliance. But now they know, and by the way, this, this disease had a huge gradient of risk. It wasn't nearly what they claimed it was. I mean, they were claiming three and 4% of the human population is gonna die from COVID. That, that's what they said early on. They didn't tell us that it would turn, to be, turn out to be, uh, for most everybody, not even as severe as the annual flu, and really only a risk to uh, a small cohort of the population that was nearing the end of life with two or three comorbid comorbidities. They never said that because they didn't want you to know that. So now they know they can lie and they can whip up disease, uh, panic over whatever the topic is and they can change the topic. It could be global warming. It could be you know something else, uh, but, but they know that they can do it now. And they're definitely going to try it again because they have every ambition to make sure that we don't get our freedoms back, we don't get our rights back, and that we don't go back to a kind of constitutional system they want to impose something completely foreign, completely different that that's going to lead to mass deprivation. I mean, look what the Biden administration just yesterday is talking about water rationing, okay? So this is going to be every day, you know, and they're still talking about the end of fossil fuels, uh, which would be a calamity for human civilization. So it means lower living standards, more population uh, deprivation, uh, deprivation, uh, lower life expectancy, uh, and ever more suffering for the masses of people while they live in luxury as you know the vanguard of the proletariat ruling class technocratic elite that's that is the plan
That is the plan. Yeah. Jeffrey, thank you, my man. Okay, it's good to be here. Thank you. Now, there is somebody, actually a family, that's helping them achieve these goals. It's helping them a lot. You've heard of him. We're going to discuss him in just a moment. Now, maybe that was a heavy conversation to hear, and it was. It was all true, by the way. Look, these are the times we were born for. We're made for these times to fight this fight. Let's be ready. You got your chalk? Your natural herbal supplements from chalk? You know I have the chalk lit powder. It's awesome. It's all packed full of vitamins and minerals. Wife puts it in our smoothies every morning. Male vitality stack, 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days. Again, these are natural herbal supplements. Female vitality stack, whatever you've got going on. Go look at the natural herbal supplements of chalk because the pharmaceutical companies ain't on, your, ain't on your side. I promise you that. Go to choq.com. Promo code JESSE gets you 35% off subscriptions. All right? Chalk.com promo code JESSE. Let's be strong and ready. We'll be back. There are ways you can stress test your nation. Did you know that as a citizen? When you're trying to figure out how you doing as a country. How are we doing as a country? I'll tell you there are some recent stress tests that I find to be extremely alarming. I find the COVID response alarming, to put it mildly, both from the government and the people. Are we still the land of the free? I find the lack of accountability for Afghanistan to be extremely alarming. Everyone's talking about the Pentagon leak and they're digging in to find who leaked the Pentagon and embarrassed this regime. Remember, we murdered 10 innocent Afghanis and they called it a process failure. No one got fired. No one even got reprimanded. That's an alarming stress test for where you are as a nation. But honestly, maybe the biggest one is George Soros himself. You've heard me talk about this before if you've been watching a while, but I, 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 can't, I can't get over this. We look around right now at so much horror that's going on in this nation, especially horror that's taking place within our cities. And maybe you're not a city person. If, if you're not, that's fine. I love them both. I love the city. I love the country. But cities are an important part of a nation. They're what goes on the billboard of your nation. Uh, maybe you don't love New York City. I do. Maybe you don't. But New York City is really important. LA is important. Austin, Texas is, is important. Chicago, important. Cities are important for a country. And we're looking at our cities turn into third world murder-ridden hellholes and our cities, they're attacking the right and running protection rackets for the left. That's why you're seeing Donald Trump indicted in New York. That's why you saw Daniel Perry arrested, tried, and convicted of murder in Austin. And we're looking around in horror of all, at all this. And very rarely can you point to a single boogeyman as the reason behind it. Only in this case, we really can George Soros, or I guess two of them because his son's involved now too, George Soros and his son, they are the reason America's cities are in this current state. And maybe you're sitting there saying, Jesse, that's crazy. Jesse, that's not true. George Soros brags about it. He publicly brags that he is the reason these soft on crime 
prosecutors get elected, and he brags that he has no intention of stopping, that he intends to ramp it up. So when you look around at the horror of America's cities, all those murders, all those rapes, assaults, arson, the horrible state of it. Think about all the misery, all the heartbreak, all the parents who don't have a child anymore, husbands without wives, wives without husbands, children who are going to grow up now without dad. There is an author of all that pain. You know that? His name is George Soros. And more than anything else, when I think about George Soros, you know what I think about? I think we are failing a stress test. Please tell me, please tell me the nation in the history of the world that would allow a foreign-born rich guy to not only cause murder and mayhem and civil unrest within its borders, but would allow him to brag about it and publicly declare that he intends to do it again and again and again. When Britain was at the height of its power. Shoot, Britain now, but Britain at the height of its power. Do you think Britain would have allowed some French billionaire to do such a thing? When the Mongols were ruling all of Asia, you think they would have allowed somebody in Africa somewhere to just spend a bunch of money and cause a bunch of civil unrest in a Mongolian city or several Mongolian cities? Persia, look, pick your empire. No serious nation, no nation that takes its existence seriously would allow such a thing. All of them would have handled the problem. Call it arrested, purged from the borders, threatened with severe imprisonment, worse. I mean, who knows what nations throughout history would have done. But no nation would allow such a thing, at least no nation that's interested in its own survival. But the United States of America does. In fact, some of our most powerful politicians will pose for pictures with this human being. And this goes on and on and on and on here. It is a frightening stress test. And maybe you look at that old bag and you say to yourself, well, at least he's not going to be around too much longer. But th that's where you're wrong, you see, because his 37-year-old son is just as bad, if not worse, than he is. And he's visited the White House 14 times while Joe Biden has been president. This evil family of communists runs the United States of America. And we sit here and do nothing about it. Nothing. It really is amazing to watch a nation that I love, a nation you love, fall so far. But that's where we are. Maybe, maybe one day we will rekindle what we're really lacking in this country. Let's be honest. We have a patriotism problem. There was a time in this nation for most of our history, Republican, Democrat didn't matter. Deep down, you had a genuine love of country. When you allow someone to do this to your nation, within your nation, and brag about it, what we have is a severe lack of patriotism, and that is friggin' sad. We're going to talk to my buddy Mike Cernovich in a moment about your rights, because I hear a lot of this. What about my First Amendment rights when it comes to protesting in blue cities? Let's find out what Mike has to say about your rights, no? Now, you have a right to clean air. I mean, I don't know that you have a right, but you can have it. At least you can have it inside your home or office, wherever you are. You have a right to air. Smells good. 
And again, I'm not sure if you have a right, but Eden Pure can give it to you. My mother had to unplug her Eden Pure thunderstorm at Christmas time because it cleans the air so well, it took the odor of her Christmas tree out of the air. This thing is incredible. It kills viruses and mold in your air. I don't have allergies anymore. I own six of these now. It's just this little black box that goes right in the wall. It's a freaking miracle, man. They sell three packs. They sell them $200 off at EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. Go get yours, all right? We'll be back. Uh, what you got it out tonight? They don't let us march in the streets anymore, so gotta practice some some of our rights. Cool, man. Do you feel like you'll need to use it? Nah, I think the uh I mean, if I use it against the cops, I'm dead. And I think all the people that hate us and, you know, want to say to us are too big of a to stop and actually do anything about it. So. Well, I guess his confidence was misplaced. He is no longer with us, but someone is with us. My friend, filmmaker, he made hoax, and you really should check out his Substack, Mike Cernovich has been talking about this a lot. Mike, you have a piece up on your Substack about self-defense being illegal in Texas. I'm in Texas, Mike, that's a concern. Right, fortunately, um, Governor Grab Abbott may be taking action on this to ensure there's a pardon, mm. but what happened in Austin coincides with something you've said, I've said, that we've been quite like internet shamed for, and I think it's important to remind people. So whenever we see these videos of New York City subway videos, there's a bunch of white knights who say, well, why didn't the real men, where didn't the real men take action? And then I raise my hand and say, well, if we're objectively speaking, I've undergone sufficient training and have a like I've, I've boxed in a ring. I've had my nose broken in matches. So I'm a real man and I'm not doing anything. Oh, you coward. No, I'm not gonna get put on a video a video. And they say, oh, here, here's this evil man who's attacking this poor activist, right? Because that's how it gets spun. And then Alvin Bragg or some Soros DA is gonna indict you. And people just hate that take. They throw all this venom and bile at me. Every time that happens and I said, what do you think is going to happen if you intervene in these kind of situations? And then, of course, the Texas incident happens where people surround your car, bang on your car. There's an AK that you're sitting down and you don't know if it's in your face or if, if it's at your body or if this guy is going to pull the trigger and you shoot in self-defense. And now you're looking at life in prison. That, that's, that's the reality here. And for whatever reason... I don't know if our people are delusional, illiterate. I don't know. I'm trying to help them. You know, it's like, it's so frustrating to me because I just, I, I want to help these people. And then they attack me and argue with me. And then I'm right. And then, and you've, of course, maybe not said it quite as crudely as I have, but you've made a similar point. Like, what do you guys think you're going to do? You're going to be in a New York City subway where everybody votes for Democrats and so does prosecutors. And you're going to, you're going to fight the person and you're gonna get maybe stabbed or arrested? What, what's going on? So 
I hope this wakes a lot of people up, the Daniel Perry case. Well, I hope it does too, Mike. And you're right. And, and, I, and I feel your frustration because I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help normal people who are patriotic and they want what's right. And I'm trying to wake people up because I think a lot of this comes from nostalgia on the right, Mike, because I hear this a lot and I'm sure you do too. Are you telling me I don't have the First Amendment? I don't have freedom of speech? No, you don't have freedom of speech. Why do people think this is something real? You only have that if the justice system agrees that you have that. And the justice system in New York City and Austin, Texas and Washington, D.C., they don't acknowledge your freedom of speech. So, no, you don't have freedom of speech. I don't understand why that's difficult for people to understand. Yeah, there, there is a point where it's like, no, duh. No, you, we can't protest. Uh, we can't. Maybe in a deep red district you can. Sure. Yeah, you can't. Are you child? Right? Like my, my four-year-old's next to me. And I think that having children makes you less patient with these Internet people. Because you're thinking, oh, this is what I would, you know, it's like, this is what I would tell my four-year-old. No, you like, you actually, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. It, it's not fair. It's not right. But like, you actually can't. And then you have fully able-bodied adult males screaming and, and un, you know, unable to accept it. And in, in many cases, they're middle-aged and they can't accept it. So for me, I'm just trying to save as many people as I possibly can with the time that we have. Mike, I love history. I know you do too. And I, I've, I've got to tell you, man, maybe I'm wrong. And I know you'll point out if I am, but I look at the historical great nations, great empires, great as in big and powerful. And I can't think of a single one that would allow a foreign born rich guy to not only intentionally cause murder and civil unrest within its borders, but to brag about doing it, write about doing it, and then express his intention that he's going to keep doing it. And yet here in the United States of America, this is just allowed. George Soros is allowed to do this. That man is personally responsible for more rapes, murders, robberies, than you, more misery than you can count. And he's announced he's not going to stop. And the United States of America, either they just shrug their shoulders or they pose for pictures with him. Right. And if you, and if you point that out, you're the one who is at peril. So you're the one who's attacked or you're the one who's an anti-Semite, even though when people say, oh, if you attack Soros, you're anti-Semitic, I go, wow, you should see what Israel has to say about Soros. So there's not even a coherent, like Israel's like saying the same things as you, which is this guy is a disaster and who knows, you know, what he's trying to do. So Soros would be funding Palestinian terrorists if he could get away with it, but he can't, he can't actually get away with it because a real country wouldn't allow it. And the America, of course, isn't a real country and it hasn't been for a while. I don't know when exactly that point happened, but it's not a real country. It's a fractured country and people like that can get away with whatever they want. But then the, the flip side, too, is and, you know, I upset a lot of DeSantis backers yesterday, which surprise, surprise, I, I have opinions that are pretty principled where I pointed out that DeSantis's largest backer, Ken Griffin, has promised 300 million to Harvard. And my homework was not done correctly because when I pointed that out, people got mad. And then I found out, no, no, he's promised 500 million. He's promised half a billion dollars to Harvard. The latest $300 gift is just part of that. So uh, I'm sorry, I didn't do my full homework. He is actually giving them half a billion dollars. So this guy, by the way, Ken Griffin is saying we need DeSantis, which breaks my heart because these are the reasons why I'm a free agent because I don't have common cause with someone who wants to give half a billion dollars to communist institutions like Harvard 
and he can't fund some DA races. And that the guy, that's the guy, by the way, who's telling us to move on from Trump. So the DeSantis people are wound up too, but the, this all threads together. And the, the common theme is that we're allowing Soros to, you know, the country's allowing Soros to fund terrorism and anarcho-tyranny. But okay, well, they're Republican billionaires. Why isn't DeSantis on the phone calling this guy saying, what are you doing? Half a billion to Harvard? Why don't you fund some DA races? Why don't you fund something good? And I don't want your support. If you think that that's where you need to spend your money, half a billion dollars on Harvard, I'm not gonna grovel to you. Like I was just thinking yesterday, you know, I know you've run for office and you didn't have to play this game. And I've never run. People go, why don't you run for office? And I go, because it would be, and this is maybe my own pride, I admit, sinful, but I couldn't imagine going to someone like Ken Griffin, who is giving Harvard half a billion dollars and groveling for him to sponsor a table or something. Oh, master, can I have you know, a little bit of money? Oh, master, will you fund a super PAC? Give me your crumbs. Give me your, like, it's just so debasing. And I'm disappointed yet again that DeSantis doesn't, realize that he should have more dignity than to pal around with people who are funding the enemy, who are funding communists, who are funding the next generation of Soros prosecutors. So it all it, it all comes together where there's no real opposing force to this with our donor class, our quote unquote, our donor class, the Republican donor class. Uh, here's some crumbs, Ron, you know, here's some crumbs, but I, the, the real money, the half a billion dollars, we're going to give that to Harvard. Golly. I have heard, I have so many gripes with the Republican donor class. I just can't. I, these stories that I've been told, fourteen to two. That's what that was the spending in the Supreme Court race that likely made the presidential election unwinnable in Wisconsin. Not a penny for him. All right, you know what? I gotta go. Mike, thank you, brother. It was a pleasure. Communist donors, they write big checks to every communist cause. Our donors also write big checks to the communist cause. <laughs> All right, we got light in the mood here in just a moment. Before we get to that, I know you write big checks for that timeshare you want out of. I know, I know. Don't feel like a fool. This is very common. You want to know how common it is to get stuck in a timeshare? You want out and they tell you you can't get out. You want to know how common it is? Lone Star Transfer, you know how many people they've helped get out? legally and permanently? 18,000 of them. This is so common, they've already helped 18,000 people. You're not alone, but you're not stuck either. They're 99% successful. You are one phone call away from freedom. Call Lone Star Transfer and they will get you out. Call them, 844-310-2646. Call them today, we'll be back. All right, we're going to make fun of Lizzo here in just a second. Uh, before we do that, I have to do a little PSA. Uh, I was texting with a friend of mine a few days ago uh, about the veteran suicide that is ramping up massively right now. And then I read something this morning uh, about in the SEAL community in particular, SEALs are committing suicide. And one SEAL spouse just committed suicide. It was, it was horrible. I won't tell you the details of it. But our veterans right now are lost. 
They're extremely dis disillusioned, understandably so, and combine that with struggling with PTSD. We have a suicide crisis right now, and these guys need genuine help. So one, text or call a veteran friend of yours today. Now, great time to do it. Two, this is why I speak to you so often and so passionately about Boulder Crest. Look, go look what they do. It's called Operation Struggle. They find these guys who are lost and hurting and maybe thinking about doing something terrible, and they take time with them and bring them in and pull them out of that darkness, man. Let's help Boulder Crest help these guys, all right? Go to bouldercrest.org, give whatever you can give, all right? Bouldercrest.org. Now, Lizzo is, of course, a very large human being and wants to rub it in your face. She's always naked or half naked. And I told you yesterday she put some naked picture of herself up on the Internet. Don't worry, it'll be kid-friendly. And I, I didn't play it for you yesterday because it was so gross, but the production team has asked me to put it up today. So here it is. She actually is in the new Star Wars show that's on Disney Plus, by the way. So yet another reason to cancel your Disney Plus subscription. All right. We'll do it again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He was called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane. And he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four caftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.